What's up safety people, welcome back to Rebranding Safety. This week, Health and Safety at Work Act explained. We're going to go through the most important sections in the Health and Safety at Work Act that you must know. We're also going to define or explain, reasonably practicable again, and maybe a little bit of history. Let's get into the podcast. Health and safety is almost a victim of its own success. We are an oppressive regime of health and safety regulations. A huge fire engulfs a tower block in London. Children being forced to wear goggles to play conkers at school. Worst oil field disaster, 164 dead. Rebranding Safety, the modern health and safety podcast, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Riss Fluent and your host, James McPherson. Okay then, let's talk about the Health and Safety at Work Act. Health and Safety at Work, etc. Act, 1974. 1974. So, what is Health and Safety at Work Act? Well, as you've probably heard on nearly every health and safety induction for anywhere you've ever worked, the board the tits off of me and you, it is a primary, primary piece of legislation covering occupy... We're not going to go into the depths of it. We're not going to talk too much about stuff you do not need to know. Interesting facts we might touch on, such as this one. In 2000 and... Oh, where's the date gone? I've lost the date of my notes. Um, It was... Ah, here we go. In July 17, there we go, sorry about that. Um, The HSE published a chart which basically shows that from just before the publication of this act up till 16 2016 health and safety or or fatalities and high-risk incidents have been on a downward trend since then so they should put that out there straight away this is a cracking piece of work this is a great piece of work and it's a great piece of legislation sometimes it's referred to as an enabler or an enabling um, act why is that? Well, because it's uh, it's what could, like, basically, and I am not a lawyer, so I'm probably not going to get this right, but from what I can understand and what you need to know, is basically makes it quicker through the courts because um, the stuff underneath it um, are secondary pieces of legislation, so they're regulations, not acts, so they're a little bit easier to pass. Um, and that's why most of the convictions that you'll see are against sections within the Health and Safety at Work Act, not the manual handling regulations or anything like that yeah so i think it's classed as like a statutory instrument of those the secondary piece of legislation blah 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 blah. anyway you do not really need to know that it's just an interesting fact so i'm going to go through the sections that you need to know okay because there's a lot of sections in there actually for fact there is do 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 there is let's have a look this was not in my script so anyway that's why it's not oh look at this is loads there's 85 sections and then there's 10 shed schedules after it and you know what I, I don't even know half of it if i'm honest i know some key points and that's about it really and that's probably all you need to know so let's get into those ones we're going to go through section two section three section six section seven section eight section 20 section 37 which is an interesting one oh section nine as well and then we're going to go over reasonably practicable which i have gone through before but it's very very important so we're going to go through it again let's go then section two 
I'm going to proper dumb this down. Basically, this is employer's duty on to the employees, right? So basically, it says you got to protect your employees, you got to provide safe plants, safe services, safe arrangements, provide information, instruction, training, supervision, maintain safe access and egress, and maintain and provide a safe environment. Well, that's pretty simple, right? Easy peasy. So maintain and provide a safe environment. So the building, the ground, the stuff around us, the air, stuff like that. Within reason, within your control, make sure it's it's safe. How do we do that? Well, we maintain it. Well, it's an asset to us anyway, so we're going to maintain it anyway because that building is an asset within our business. So, okay, cool. Maintain safe access and egress. Well, we need to get in the building and out the building without killing ourselves, so that's pretty easy. We're just going to have a nice, reasonable, safe path to go in and out reasonable what's reasonable Pfft, reasonable is a scary word so reasonable would be a path to the front door within reason that's it isn't it simple oh what about when it gets icy we'll put some friggin salt on there easy peasy anyway provide information instruction and training this is real good i like this one <clears throat> information policies procedures uh <clears throat> aid memoirs videos etc 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 instruction sops standard operating procedures <clears throat> how you do your job excuse me if i keep coughing by the way i have got a bit of a cough <clears throat> i can't seem to get rid of it anyway training and when i say training i mean training I would class e-learning as information or education, not training. And here's a little quip, which I think I've said before on the podcast, but it's worth secondary mention. What's the difference between education and training? Would you prefer your kids to go on sex education or sex training? I know for sure I've mentioned that maybe in the last podcast or the one before, but I just think it's cracking. So we're just going to probably going to mention it every every single podcast. But have a think about that: information, instruction, training. Okay, so we're informing people on everything within the business. FYI, keep your keep your eye out over there because that light's broke at the moment. We're getting it fixed next week. Boom! Information, instruction do this please this machine does this and this and this information hey i'm going to show you how to do it you do it now okay i do it boom trained real real simple safe arrangements yeah risk assessments uh the policies and all this stuff these are our arrangements within the business how we do what we do to keep safe safe plant and services plant equipment you know trucks whatever you want to use is safe well it's an asset so you're gonna maintain it anyway so just maintain it simple simple stuff services safe services what safe services well everything in the business is, is services it's uh, you can I think it's pretty obvious it's completely lost my left my brain as to what a service is basically we just basically maintain everything that we own that's all we do but they're assets anyway guys so that's what you should be focusing on the fact that you know if you maintain a piece of a uh, piece of equipment it's gonna last for longer anyway it's simple stuff simple simple stuff anyway section three let's jump on because I lost my train of thought on that one section three then section three is a general duties on employers and self-employed to persons of Oh, my washing machine just went. Sorry, scared the shit out of me there. Whew, anyway, <laughs> 
general duties of employers and self-employed to persons other than their employees so basically everyone else yeah so it goes on here show me the duty of every employer to conduct in his undertaking in such a way to ensure so far as reasonably practicable that persons not in his employment who may be affected thereby or not thereby are there not are not thereby exposed to risk to their health or safety <sighs> and breathe jesus christ that's a nightmare isn't it and that's not even half of it section two uh, section uh, little bit paragraph two of section three it shall be the duty of every self-employed person who conducts an undertaking of a prescribed description to conduct the undertaking in such a way to ensure so far as reasonably practicable that he and other persons brackets not being his employees close brackets who are who may be affected thereby are not thereby exposed to the risk of their health or safety <sighs> jesus christ that's really difficult i'm quite impressed i did that so what's that say well that's pretty much Everything you do, so that's the customer. If you're a builder and you're building an extension on the side of the building, it's a, it's doing within reason stuff to stop anything falling off the scaffold to a member of the public to stop the customer getting hurt. You know, and this could involve anything from general information, instructions, training, all the way to physically putting a barrier in, a barrier in place. So how do we work that out? Well, so far as reasonably practicable, what's that? That's an assessment, it's a risk assessment, yeah? So that's the one to know. You have a duty to your employees and you have a duty to everyone who is not your employee. So in short, you have a duty to absolutely bloody everybody. Cool. Now we've now we've cleared that one out. Let's go over to section six. Section six then. Section six is the duties on manufacturers, etc., etc. So this is a pretty big one. I'm not going to go for it because it's absolutely huge. This one, but basically this is the general duties of man manufacturers, etc., as regards articles and substances for use of work. Basically, guys, if you design, make, import, or supply anything, you have to make sure it is safe and within this they specifically go into fairground equipment as well which is an fyi i'm not even going to touch on that because i know nothing about fairground equipment and i would not be honest if i was to pretend that i do and i don't I, i've never even read that section i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't even know it was fucking there <gasps> oh my god that's the first f word there we go. It's broke now, guys. The seal is broke. It's like when you go out on the piss at the town. You go for the first week. It's just coming out the whole time. That's it, that's it now. Back and forth to sweary land. Anyway. So, I not even looked at that. Didn't even know it was there until I started doing my research for this podcast. Anyway. Basically, why did I put this one in there? I think this is an interesting one for entrepreneurs that make stuff and ship it out. Basically, it means you've got a duty to the people that use it, clean it, everything. Anyone that can come in contact with this product cannot, within reason, hurt themselves. So, the interesting one is cleaning and maintaining. So. You know, you get like high-rise buildings and there was this big thing a long time ago. I can't remember the actual story or the actual case study, but long story short, there was this thing where they couldn't clean it. And I think some guy died or hurt himself or whatever when he was trying to clean the window of this real high building. And then they tweaked it and they said, right, the duty is you've got to think about when you're designing stuff, how, how it's going to be cleaned, how it's going to be maintained. So then they made these windows that flip inside out. Genius. Unfortunately, it took somebody dying or whatever, like I say, I can't remember, um, but it took something bad happening, like ev everything does in this country, for it to be changed, and then it took a bit of law for people to start listening. 
So it, this is basically applicable to any of you that design, make, sell, import, supply, anything. Okay? So it's a very, very interesting one. In short, as far as you're reasonably practicable, it's all safe. Provide information and revisions of the information within reason so you know you can put on the bottom of the information booklet that you put for latest versions of this please see our website easy peasy ensure it's tested uh, and that's pretty much about it I mean this one is quite in depth so if you do make something you're probably going to be fully aware of it anyway but just go and have a look on there but to be honest guys it's pretty much stuff that you would do anyway because you ain't going to make anything that's not safe so you know and it's all within reason as well so but it's just one to be aware of section 6 the health safety at work act if you make supply or sell or whatever anything section 7 duties on employees employees yes duties on employees you are not untouchable you employees that sit out there so if you're a manager of a business and you have a duty then that's kind of maybe not legally a duty to you um, but it may be delegated within the business for you to kind of maybe provide information instruction and supervision did i mention supervision anyway, fyi if i didn't section two so don't forget supervision is in there with information instruction and training reasonable supervision anyway so you are kind of doing that job for the employer but also within that business you are an employee and then some people are just general employees you know fair enough you want to turn up do your job go home nice we need people like that so these employees do not get away scot-free. They have a duty as well to take reasonable care for the health and safety of himself or other persons who may be affected by his acts or omissions at work. Acts or omissions. Omissions means what you don't do. Acts means what you do do. Do do. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, so basically, it just means that you can't be a dick at work also says in there interestingly you have a duty to cooperate as far as is necessary to enable that the duty or requirement be performed or complied with so again that basically means you're not allowed to be a dick um you basically just got to do as you're told within reason um that being said employers have a duty to involve you in those decisions and involve you with you know changes in the workplace as well so hopefully this won't be a bit of a pro this won't be a problem here because you'll do it because you're involved in the risk assessment you're involved in the change and everything like that so you'll, you'll feel like you've got ownership anyway hashtag safety heaven anyway so section seven general duties of employee employees at work that's a good one i like that one section eight this is an interesting one as well duty on all to not interfere or misuse anything provided in the interest of safety if you want to hear the official one duty not to interfere interfere sorry with or misuse things provided pursuant to certain provisions they never just do it simple in law do they pursuant to certain provisions no person shall intentionally or recklessly interfere with or misuse anything providing the interest of health, safety or welfare in pursuance of any of, of the relevant statutory provisions. So basically, 
If you're given a pair of cut proof gloves and you cut the fingers off of it, ironically because that means they're not cut proof. Anyway, I've seen it. Anyway, you cut the fingers off of that so that you can use the touch screen, you're directly in breach of section 8. Yeah, because that was provided you within the interest of safety and therefore you have misused that intentionally, you're in breach of section 8. So just have a think about that when we are tweaking the tools or the guards, you know, taping the interlocking guard shut so we can just keep the gate going and all that. I've seen it all. Manufacturing is probably one of the worst areas for it. So bear that in mind people section 8 do not interfere so basically so in summary section 7 section 8 translates to don't be a douchebag section 9 then this is an interesting one i always wonder how um how uh, recruitment agencies get away with this but anyway section 9 duty not to charge employees for anything for things done or provided pursuant to certain specific requirements basically don't charge for PPE that that's in summary that is it do not charge for PPE because kind of the only thing that you would probably think that you could get away with charging basically if you provide anything in the interest of safety um, or specific requirements you cannot charge for it I find this very interesting in recruitment agencies um, they, they kind of charge you for the boots and if you don't give the boots back you don't get your money back so it's kind of like a deposit I find that very interesting I think that's kind of teetering on the law anyway um, also construction is a very interesting industry because everybody's self-employed so it's you're self-employed you're self-employed and I've got a team of six and they're all self-employed and it's all a bit messy and I think one day something's going to change around there but that aside that's very interesting because that means that big 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 companies and corporations that actually own the whole job and the ones that are actually making the real money here they don't have to ship out loads and loads of um, hard hats and goggles etc in theory I mean I don't know I, I've not really had that much exposure to construction sites I've only ever really been in a few of them um, I'm more involved on the design stage of things so once it gets to the actual doing I'll, no, I'll just walk away <laughs> anyway so that's interesting there are ways around these laws as per is anything anything made for good can be used for bad so now we're going to skip all the way up to section 20 <coughs> excuse me section 20 is an interesting one powers of inspectors this is huge absolutely huge it's got eight paragraphs and then under that it's got oh, what's paragraph two goes from a to m jesus christ huge paragraph why is this such a big paragraph because these guys are police officers on steroids shit these guys can do anything there is if i remember correctly there is a little caveat at the bottom of one of these paragraphs. I've lost it in my notes and now I can't even find it on the screen either. Oh, here we go. Subparagraph M of paragraph 2 in section 20. Any other power which is necessary for the purpose mentioned in subsection 1 above. So basically, anything that you're doing that's bad, they can have any powers to stop you doing that thing that is bad. That's it. It's nuts! These guys have actually got more powers than the police. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. They can pretty much knock on the door and walk in tomorrow. They can have a copper with them. They can take shit. They can take photos of stuff. They can take copies of stuff. They can take samples. They can do interviews. They can literally do whatever the poop they want. 
They can also issue notices, which is interesting. They can issue you a prohibition notice and a improvement notice. So improvement notice means uh, you've been a little bit naughty there. So basically you need to pull your socks up um, and nip it in the bud and really sort your shit out, right? Because next time I come back, I'm going to issue you with a prohibition notice. So prohibition notice means shit, that's going to hurt. You need to really, really stop what you're doing. Yeah. So interesting fact here is that an improvement notice pauses when you appeal it. So you appeal it and it is suspended whilst the appeal process is going through. A prohibition notice, obviously for the, that is applied to, to applied to tell you to stop doing something. And to do that, the inspector believes that there is something providing an imminent risk or a significant imminent risk. Therefore, that stays in place whilst the appeal is going on. And bear in mind, these appeals can take a long time. So whatever it is, let's say that's the thing that makes 50% of your profits until you've got to stop. There's a machine that provides 50% of your profits and you've been breached of section two, so you haven't provided, you haven't maintained that plant, that piece of plant or equipment. And it's so bad that this HSC inspector, who's a police officer on steroids, waltz it in and says, boom, prohibition notice, stop what you're doing. That produces your most profitable product, boom, bankrupt, up shit creek without a boat, let alone a paddle. So, you know, it, it's kind of like they put these enforcement things in, but the, the thing is to notice that it's in section two that eventually it's going to come around and bite you in the ass. Because if it doesn't bite you in the ass because this guy turns up and slaps a prohibition on you, it's going to bite you in the ass because the machine's not as productive as it used to be. Yeah? It's basically spending money to make money. And this is why people say that good safety is good business. Yeah? Because if you're doing all the stuff in section two as an employer and you're maintaining stuff, you know, you're following pure and all these other regs and you're, you're maintaining your equipment and looking after it, it becomes good equipment. It lasts longer, it produces more and it makes more money for you. So yeah, section 20, it's not it's not really massively important to you guys, really it's just important now that you know that HSE inspectors are the police on steroids. So next interesting one is more for big massive corporation, corporation, corporations, Jesus Christ, I can't get my words out today, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> So, section 37, offensive by the body's corporate. This is interesting. This basically says, right, offensive, section 37, offensive by the body's corporate, where an offence under any of the relevant statutory positions committed by a body corporate is proved to have been committed with the consent or convenience. Oh, do you know what? I can't bother to read it out. Basically, it means if you're on the board, you can also be found guilty for the stuff that the business has gone if you know or have given consent to or knowingly just not not done anything about it um, and that resulted in a fatality or something and the business there was therefore was in breach of a section therefore the person a person on the board is liable so offense to the body's corporate can mean that that person um, can be found guilty of the offense and if it's a, a corporation that's managed by like members um, then they're basically treated the same as the director of the body corporate yeah so it's just an interesting one to know um, probably probably not for many of my listeners um, because I doubt there's any massive corporate corporate corporations Jesus corporations listening anyway 
in summary they are pretty much my my in my opinion they are pretty much the sections that i think you need to know now like i said earlier there are a lot of sections in there but i've said over and over and over again that you do not need to know that much about the law and these are brief summaries what i have told you today is literally all you need to know section two general duties of employers to their employees section three general duties of employers and self-employed person to persons other than their employees section four general fyi section three that would also apply to landlords anyway section four General duty is a person concerned with premises to persons other than their employees. General duty is a person concerned with premises. So that, so that also is landlords and building facilities, companies, things like that. Interesting one. Yeah, so where I previously have managed um, blah, 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 places where the public go, essentially. You know, we have a duty to the public who has any other persons other than their employees to keep them safe that's three and four right there section six general duties manufacturers etc as regards articles and substances for use at work section seven general duties of employees at work section eight do not interfere or misuse things provided pursuant to certain provisions section nine do not charge employees for things done or provided pursuant to certain requirements scroll all the way down section 20 powers of inspectors and everything section 37 is offensive by the body corporate that is pretty much all you need to know about the health and safety of workout guys keep that in mind so let's overview then of so far as reasonably practicable it's a complicated phrase some people find some people don't like it some people think it doesn't it doesn't really tell you what you need to do and no it doesn't and that's the reason the reason why it's like that is because they could never write one act to suit everybody it would just be impossible so the point is to put all these things in um, to cover everything is everything is based on risk management risk assessment so far as reasonably practicable yeah so basically they're telling you to weigh up investment versus risk and why do i say investment and not cost because previously i have and previously um a lot of people refer to it as cost well i had an interesting uh, conversation with a friend of mine who said when we refer to reasonably practicable as cost versus risk we should say investment versus risk because investment means a lot more than cost so it means the man hours it means and whilst anyone who's sensible would include all that in cost but also kind of like the stress that it puts on a person to do some of these tasks the time it takes you know the travel it's about it's about considering a more kind of holistic impact of the business um as opposed to just the cost um, reputational things like that you know sometimes you might have a very good reputational impact by going a little bit ahead of everybody else so current industry around fire there's a lot of businesses or, or not a lot but there's a few housing associations that are taking a forward step and going let's put sprinklers everywhere because it's becoming a good news story is it right is it wrong mm, i think it's a conversation for another day um i think there's, there's um there's opinions for both for sure but anyway that is not what today's podcast is about um 
so that's why we kind of say investment versus risk and I think that is a very good way to put it so the old kind of way we look at it is we get the um, kind of like the scales yeah so you've got to imagine that you're putting all the time and the cost and everything all the investment everything it takes to control that risk on one side of the scale and the severity and the likelihood of that therefore the risk um, on the other end and see what outweighs the other and you need to make a risk-based decision and you don't need to be a professional to do that you need to be a reasonable person um, and it's, what's a reasonable person? A reasonable person is someone that just looks at something and goes, shit, that hurt. Or, no, nah, you're going over the top there. Yeah, we're all reasonable persons, but we're all just a bit scared um, to make these decisions. And if you're a business owner, you're not scared to take risks financially to, to go out on your own and be an entrepreneur. So stop being scared to make decisions. Excuse me. Stop being scared to be making decisions around um, health and safety and protecting your employees. You should be brave. And if that means going over the top in one thing and not over the top with another thing, then do it. But, you know, it's you and your team and your employees together making those decisions. And that's the key. Not so much knowing all this in the, in the health and safety at work act. And, and kind of in summary, it, that's, that's my point here, is to not get dumbed down and not get real weighed down, probably is a better way to say it, on the law. Because I hear a lot all the time, oh, I can't do this, health and safety regulation, regulation, regulation. Can't really, like, the regulations don't really say much. It's all based around risk. It's all basically, you know, have a think about this risk and have a think about that risk. And if you don't have a think about this risk, we're going to slap you with a section two enforcement and boom, you go down into jail. And that's it. In summary, you know, when when I go on a lot of training courses and they say like, you know, they're talking to ma middle managers as well, you know, and they say, oh, you could go to jail. And I just think they're so the like, yes, you could. In summary, pretty much anyone can go to jail from from the Health and Safety at Work Act. You know, it covers pretty much everything. It's beautiful how much it covers. It is so to the point and so nailed down. It's flawless. But the likelihood is unbelievable. You know, so if you cut the gloves off, your cut-proof gloves. Let's say, for example, you cut the gloves off. Next question in a good investigation would be, why did they cut the gloves off? Well, I, didn't, I cut the gloves off because I couldn't use the touch screen on the machine. Oh, and also because the tips of the rubber pulled my fingers into the rollers. Ah, so actually, it was quite reasonable for you to cut the ends off the gloves. Boom, now it's not the employee, it's the employer that's in trouble. Yeah, so you just need to have these conversations with yourself when you're thinking about health and safety at work okay i have literally spoken way too much about this because i always moan and moan and moan about people that go on way too much about health and safety at work at, and i've just gone on for about 30 minutes about it so <clears throat> my throat is starting to give up as you can probably hear i have coughed quite a lot and i haven't cut them out so i apologize because if i had to cut out every cough um i would be here all bloody day i haven't got all bloody day so next week we are going to do again we're going to be talking about a bit of law we're going to go into the management health and safety at work regulations um so we're going to do maybe like a little short series of a handful of regulations key regulations i think um where we're just going to explain what what they say so you guys can feel enabled to do what you do make money and not get scared of health and safety because it's really not as scary as what we think so next week come back for managing 
Nope. <laughs> Come back for <laughs> management of health and safety at work regulations. There we go. Anyway, I'm off, people. Thanks for listening. I've been James. This is Rebranding Safety. Catch you later. Bye.